Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, September 19th, 2022. This is the Sipstack on Substack, read by myself, author Ryan Cipriani. Today's article is titled, Writer Review Series, Writer's Block. Good morning, everyone. It's Monday. That means a week of possibilities lie ahead for us. I hope you are uh, reading or ready. (laughs) I got to do some uh, proofreading in my own work here today. I hope that you are ready to seize on the next few days and make them the best they can be. You can hear me typing in the background as I uh, adjust this, uh, (laughs) this newsletter. As we chatted about in Sundays with Sip, this week is going to be sort of a review week. I'll be publishing articles from the previous 10 weeks in their full and compiled form so we can refresh our brains on some of the most topical and pertinent lessons so far. We're going to start today with revisiting how to bust the block and explore a few methods to snap out of writer's block when it hits. I'm really excited to get rolling with the new format for the newsletter next week, so bear with me while we take a brief but valuable trip down memory lane this week while I do some planning. All right, to the article. Bust the block. How to deal with writer's block when it impedes your progress. An aside. This article is a supplement to the previously published horizontal thinking, generating ideas that go nowhere to make room for better ideas. Both deal with strategies for tackling writer's block, and I recommend reading them together to develop a new toolbox. Everyone at some point or another in their writing career runs into writer's block. It's a dreaded feeling, like creeping doom. The sudden realization there is nowhere to run, or write, rather. Or maybe you have the itch to write something new, and the creativity faucet is stopped up. You stare at a manuscript page, and yet nothing seems to materialize. Let's discuss some methods for dealing with writer's block and how to generate new ideas. Some of them you may be familiar with, while hopefully others offer a fresh approach. The first exercise I want to offer has less to do with creating more ideas and more to do with making space for them. Now, our brains get pretty cluttered with all the newfangled distractions we now jam into them. Do you remember the olden times in the long, long ago when you had to defragment your computer and then it would run faster? What if I told you there was a way to do that with your brain? Uh, Disclaimer, I am a writer, not a doctor. None of what follows should be considered medical advice or treatment for psychological ailments. This is for the purpose of idea generation. The human mind is naturally pretty orderly and analytical. Yes, even us creative types have more organized brains than we realize. One of the best ways to restore order to your brain is by listening to classical music. Now, I know this seems a little cheesy, and maybe even a little boring. It took me a while to really give this a chance, and even longer to make a habit of it, so I'm going to start you off easy. Here's what I want you to do. For seven days, spend 20 minutes distraction-free listening to classical music. It can be whomever you like, uh, just not a movie score. I recommend Bach, uh, Massenet, or Scubert. Turn off your phone, uh, or at least put it out of your reach, and shut off the TV or computer, and just pay attention to the sound of the music. Listen with the same intention as though you were reading. Dozens of university studies show that the mathematical nature of classical music helps your brain reorder itself and can improve your attention span something we desperately need in today's society since our attention span has fallen to eight seconds. This natural defragmentation of your brain does not just impact your analytical skills, but your creativity and higher-order thinking. It clears pathways for you to start thinking differently. Additionally, this exercise will likely have a calming effect and help reduce some anxiety. It's just another good benefit. 
Okay, now let's jump into the first exercise that uh, is designed specifically to spur our creativity. Now, the first one I call the write about it method, and it's pretty simple. You're going to pick an object and write about it. Okay, on to the next topic. All right, so it isn't quite that simple, but it almost is. The idea behind the write about it method is to essentially force yourself out of your comfort zone by writing about a mundane, inanimate, or quirky object. Your comfort zone in this case is functionally your work in progress. Wherever you are, or whatever you are working on that you've gotten stuck in, part of the reason you may be stuck is because of overfamiliarity. This can breed creative, uh, creative atrophy. By stepping outside that work, way outside, you can jumpstart a stalled creative engine. Now here's how I want you to try this. Go for a walk, or head out on an errand you've been neglecting. Do something that puts you intentionally out in the world and observing as you are able. Take notes about what you see. These don't have to be complicated notes, just quick words. Banana, bench, birds. Why am I stuck on bees? Anyway, you get it. List the things you see. When you return to your writer station, look at the list and pick something on it that, for whatever reason, stands out just a little bit more than the others. Now start writing a story about it. But make it as strange and fantastical as you possibly can. Really weird it up. And if you can, try this in the genre you already write in. Why? The fact is the answer to your writer's block is probably more obvious than you realize, but because you're stuck thinking about your work in a very specific way, you're missing it. By writing a romantic fairy tale about a banana, or an epic sci-fi space opera about a park bench, your brain will re-engage with your genre in newly creative ways. This works for any genre, not just fantasy. Try and write a humorous story about a mossy marble pillar, or a horror story about an embroidered throw pillow. Once your brain is spooled up, you'll find that the ideas begin to flow easier for your actual work in progress. And hey, you still end up with a goofy short story that might be usable elsewhere. And that's part of the sneaky secret to this. One of the best ways to beat writer's block is to write. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you're stuck is to ask someone else for help. After all, if the answer is not presenting itself, then maybe what you need is external input. That seems pretty intuitive, right? When it comes to writing, this sometimes works. But if you're asking someone else for advice on the direction of your work in progress, you're more than likely going to end up with a story flow biased towards their preferences rather than your unique natural style. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing, as it can force you to experiment, but it may be so unnatural it really interrupts your manuscript. So when I say ask someone else what you should write about, I mean literally have them give you a topic and you write about it, unrelated to your current work. This may feel a little bit like shifting gears without using the clutch at first, but it can really kick your creativity into high gear. A few examples. This is a personal one that I love to share. A few years ago, I was fortunate enough to uh, participate in the Ink Fort Press uh, Writer's Derby, which is how I met author Skylar Dates. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the contest, writers are assigned a book cover, title, and pen name and have three months to produce a work under those conditions. When I wrote for the Derby, I ended up writing something so far outside my normal comfort zone that I was afraid I would botch the contest completely. I ended up loving what I came up with, and it kickstarted a creativity period after uh, wherein I returned to several works that I'd been stuck on and got them moving again. By being told what to write and not choosing it, it took the creativity paralysis out of the equation. I wasn't following my normal rules because the story I was writing was so different from what I usually create. It was super liberating. Similar results happened to REM when they recorded Out of Time. They all played different instruments and took on different roles in the band, which spurred their creativity. 
Since they could no longer think in the same way they had previously, they generated new ideas. Being told you have to do this can feel intimidating. Sorry for the snapping. That is my dog shaking his head so violently, I swear his brain is going to come out one of these days. <laughs> Being told you have to do this can feel limiting, but it actually represents an interesting opportunity to free your mind up from the decision-making process. When your brain doesn't have to decide what it is going to do, it has space to consider how it is going to do it. And writer's block is usually a suffering of the how. So the next time you don't know what to write about, ask someone to give you an assignment. Hopefully this topic has been helpful in your writing journey. Writer's block can be a pretty big pain, especially when you can feel creativity crackling on your fingertips, but never quite sparking. There are just a few more things I want to touch on in terms of promoting whole body, mind, and health, because your brain works best when your body does too. First, you might be surprised at how much uh, good exercise does for your brain. There are a lot of studies that show a link between cognitive and neural function and an active body. Even Now, even if you're not athletically inclined, this does not have to be a huge lift. <laughs> Get it? Walking for 30 minutes a day, doing a light jog, or some resistance training a few times a week stimulates your brain as much as it does your heart. Uh, after just a few days of adding some activity into your schedule, you'll be amazed at uh, some new problem-solving and creative thinking you find your brain engaging in. Quick side note, um, make sure that before engaging in any uh, new exercise routine, you are consulting with your physician as is necessary. Um, again, I am not a doctor. I just give writing advice. Second, read. In a discussion with another writer uh, during the writing of this original um, uh, piece, uh, the consensus was one of the best ways to snap writer's block is to simply take in new ideas. The whole premise of our main story two weeks ago was why writers should read. It feeds your brain. It infuses new ideas. It pummels, you, uh, creativ it pummels your creativity with a flood of alternative flows, methods, and perspectives. So if you find that you are well and truly stuck on something and the work in progress is not you know, progressing, then read. Read 10 pages. Hell, read 100. The more you read and expose yourself to new ideas, the more likely it is you'll break through your own plateaus. All right, you're armed with half a dozen new methods of cracking the dreaded block and getting or making forward progress on your work. So what are you still waiting, sitting here uh, doing? Get writing. All right, thanks very much, everybody. Um, tomorrow, I am uh, more than like I'm still uh, on the kind of undecided about this, but I'm more than likely going to publish the. Uh, uh, companion piece to this, which is a little bit shorter, but it is horizontal thinking. Horizontal thinking is um, absolutely my favorite method of idea generation, and it's one I really like to share um, with people as, as often as I can. Um, we're also going to spend a little bit of time later this week getting into the writing methods of some of the um, most famous contemporary writers like Toni Morrison and George R. R. Martin, um, just to help you shake up your own writer uh, habits and kind of establish some new ones. Um, we'll be closing out with some cool prompts and uh, just having a lot of fun with uh, new things that we can be writing. Um, but for the time, that is all for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate it very much, and I am looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow.